The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The sermon this morning is a continuation of our, our sermon series through the book of, of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to jump ahead to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and I hope during the sermon it becomes, it becomes clear why, and also the connection with our, our first and, and second lesson. And we're going to do this a little bit differently here this morning. God's goodness is on full display here this morning. His goodness to, to the undeserving. We're going to look at how this text shows us that, and then I'm going to give you at least four ways that we can respond to God's goodness in our lives. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 9. If you're at home on Zoom or on Facebook Live, open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. If you're with us here in the church, you can do that too, or just keep your bulletins open to chapter 9. Here's Here's what Solomon has for us this morning. Go, eat your food with gladness. And drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white. And always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love. All the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. This is the word of the Lord. Solomon is intent this morning to hit you with a powerful tidal wave. At least that's how I want to picture it with you here this morning. To to verbally hit you with, with a powerful tsunami kind of force with this word. And he does that. I think I can show you this. In several ways. You see, the, the book of Ecclesiastes, if you've been reading along with us, builds in power, especially with this refrain that we get throughout this book. This is called, many theologians and scholars call this his Carpe Diem passage. And he hits us in this book with this same message to enjoy our lives over and over, and over, and over again. Did I say that five times? Because this is now the fifth time in the book where Solomon says the best that we can do is to live life joyfully. All the moments. All of them. That's what he says. And in fact, if you read these Carpe Diem passages all in a row, they, they grow and, and they expand. Like, like here for the first time, Solomon adds to the Carpe Diem passages wine. 
says, enjoy your wine. He, he adds to the Carpe Diem passages for the first time, enjoy your relationships, whether they, they be marital, marital or otherwise. And they actually, they grow in intensity, like a tidal wave or like a tsunami. They grow in intensity. Before, before Solomon says, there is nothing better that we can do then. And then he says, enjoy our labor. But that's not what he says here. For the very first time in the book, Solomon says it's not optional. He, he actually mandates the fact that this is what we're supposed to do. Five times, imperatives. He says, go, one, eat your food, drink your wine, enjoy your life with your wife. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. In other words, this thing's been growing in intensity. It's like you're watching this hurricane blow in, and all of a sudden we've reached like this culminating tidal wave, this tsunami, and it's meant to sweep you away. God is that good that we can actually, we can actually enjoy ourselves. That's what he says. And he says that, that we can enjoy ourselves in a very interesting way. I picture it actually surprising in many ways. I picture Solomon like he's this Western cowboy and he's lassoing things together. Surprisingly, he's, he's putting things together that we would never think to put together. He puts pleasure together with work. He puts eating and drinking. Like he takes the most ordinary things, the most mundane things, the things that we do every day, and he says, these are the things that we're supposed to enjoy. Not our vacations, but our everyday life. Look at, look at what he says about work. Let's just take work, for example. He lassos work together with enjoyment. Now, this, this runs completely countercultural. Like We have this phrase, don't we? Have you heard this phrase? Work, life. You can probably finish it. Work, life, balance. So what are we saying? What are we saying? Work's not real life. <laughs> That's what we're saying. We're saying work is something that you want to get done with as soon as you can because it, it's terrible. It, it's boring. I don't want to do it. So then we can get to our real life. And Solomon's just not happening. He's not having his... He, he ties those two concepts together. In fact, in, in, in a beautiful essay by a scholar named Brown, she puts it this way, that Solomon moves work from the marketplace, like work is just to make money, and puts it within the ethos of enjoyment. That's surprising. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. He puts it, he changes the category. So, so work isn't something to escape. Work isn't something like that we're supposed to get done with as soon as we can so then we can really live. He says that's where we live. We, 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 we get up in the morning and, and we go to work because we love what we do. In fact, Steve Jobs, a lot of people think that, that Steve Jobs was the first one to ever say something like this. It was Solomon maybe was. Steve Jobs, he died 10 years ago. A lot of people were quoting him. I read this quote. 
Solomon really goes full Steve Jobs here. Steve Jobs said this, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. To love what you do. To enjoy it. You see what Solomon's doing? This is an incredible thing. He's lassoing things together that in our minds really don't go together. So he, he, he's saying, look, your lunch break, this is what he's saying, your lunch break is now a sumptuous feast. Like that peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you made yourself, enjoy it. That's what he's saying. He's saying marriage is no longer something, you know, get rid of your husband or wife just as soon as you can. He's saying marriage is now a constant romance. Enjoy it. He, he, he's changing how we look at everything that we do. And work, by the way, work is not something to end. It's a true passion. Isn't, this, is, this is his vision. This is Solomon's vision, his Holy Spirit-given vision for what a good life can be under the sun. He's tying things together that we don't think go together. And by the way, this is, this is, this is genius. He takes what is possible. He takes what is ho-hum, ordinary, normal life, and he says, this is where it's really at. Now, hopefully we're understanding this. I want to tell you why we can do this. And this is, this is where things become really, really Christian and really, really godly. And probably the most important passage, maybe in the whole book of Ecclesiastes, is right here in this text. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7, the very end. Why can we do this? Why, why can we enjoy all the, the ordinary humdrum hum of life? He, he says, for God has already approved what you do. It's a huge statement. For God has already approved what you do. Now, let's just say this. He's not saying that, that you should go and do things that are outside as well. Like, he's not saying that, that he approves of your sin. So you should go and sin a whole bunch more. He's saying all of the things that he's talking about here, enjoying drinking, eating, your relationships, God approves of this. He, he approves of it. In fact, he approves of it so much that, that God's heart is warmed when you're enjoying yourself. When, when you, like on Saturday morning, when you make yourself a hot cup of coffee and these days it's like pumpkin spice and you you have that cup of coffee and you enjoy the moment you know what god's doing he's approving of it or when you make that dish that you've been make wanting to make for a long time and like you really enjoy that dish god is smiling or when, when you lean into your relationships and, and you're just having fun with each other, God is pleased. Which means, 
which means this, that God's not angry with you. We, like, can we, can, can we just say that out front? It means that God's not angry. It's not like God is looking down from heaven and he's like, look at those sinners and his brow, his brow is creased. And he's like, one day I am going to punish them for all their sins. I'm so angry at them because they're so ungrateful and not content and all of these different things. God's not angry. He approves. He's pleased. Why, why can that be the case? Because he sent his son. And Jesus suffered God's wrath. All of it. And when Jesus did that, he, he redeemed us not only from our sins, but he redeemed our entire lives so that when God looks down and he sees that you're enjoying your, him, him, yourself, he's like, He's like that doting father who sees his children sitting on the floor playing and he's just, his heart is warm. His heart is warm. That, that's what I want for them. This is, this is why we can enjoy ourselves. There's one of my favorite movies, if I could admit it, is, is a movie called Chariots of Fire. This is, I'm dating myself too, Chariots of Fire. But maybe you heard the theme music. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, you know the song. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you know this. And there's this runner, his name is Eric Lydell, and he's going to the Olympics. And Eric Lydell, one of the most important cinema, uh, cinema how do you say the word, movie, movie quotes of all time is right in that movie where he says, he's explaining to his sister why he can't go to China as a missionary, not yet, because he's a great runner. And he says this, dear sister, when I run, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And, and you can, throughout the movie, throughout the movie, you can see it. He's running, he's running, and he's tipping back his head, and there's this giant smile on his face. He's doing what he loves. When I run, he says, I feel God's pleasure. And that's, that, that's, that's what Solomon wants for us. He he desperately, he, he wants to sweep you away. God is pleased with what you do. So we can lean into, we can tip our heads back and say, when I do this, I feel God's pleasure. And God is then pleased. He's that good. This is, this is what the text means. Now, oh, I, I do want to say this. To, to put it another way, our eating, our drinking, our relationships, our work becomes, this is Solomon's vision, it becomes part of our worship of God because of, our good, because of his goodness. What we eat, what we drink, the way we serve, the way we work, it's part of our worship of God because he's that good. Now, uh, th this is going to mean different things to different people, but maybe, maybe for some of you, I'm going to give you at least four things how this can maybe impact your life, okay? For some of you, this is going to mean you need to slow down. I mean that. We live in New York. So for some of you, this is going to mean that you need to slow down. And specifically, it, it means that you need to slow down at mealtime. <laughs> this seems trivial, but Solomon's commenting on it. Seems trivial, but it is important. Wendell Berry, he's a, he's a phenomenal Christian poet and commentator. He, he actually says this, that our eating and drinking has really devolved in recent years, in recent decades. He, he actually says it's become so commercialized 
and industrialized that our eating and drinking has become a poor and paltry thing. Those are his words, not mine. So it's like, it's like when we get to meal times, we're nothing like, we're, we're kind of like tankers. We can, we can be this way. We're like tankers and we're like, put the gasoline in. Let me eat, the, let me scarf this down just, just as quick as I can um, so I can get to the next thing. It's kind of gross. Or we're like birds. We're, we're like birds and we're just swallowing it whole. Or like we're running to 7-Eleven. We're going to McDonald's. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not telling, telling you that you got to shop at Whole Foods and go to Trader Joe's and like eat organic food. I'm not saying that. But I, I want to at least say what Solomon says. That we can slow down at least for the moment. That we can trust God's goodness. That we don't have to rush off to the very next thing as quick as we can. And instead that we can slow down and enjoy the moment and eat our food with enjoyment. Some, for some of you, it means that you need to slow down. For some of you, it, it's going to mean that, that you need to reject prolonged sadness and prolonged fear. Look at, look at what Solomon says. In, this is from verse 8. He says, always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Now, I want to be careful here what I say next because grieving in a Christian way is not wrong and fear has its place in our life. We, we should say that. But to do it in a prolonged way to do to fear and grieve in a prolonged way, at what point, this is a question that you have to ask yourself, at what point are you rejecting God's present goodness in your life? You have to ask yourself that question. And, and if you're not careful, this is his warning in these verses, if you're not careful, your grief, your sadness, your fear, will be so prolonged that you will spend your the rest of your life in it. Solomon, what Solomon wants is to push into your life God's present goodness, the things that he's put on your plate, the things that he's put in your cup, the people that he's surrounded you with, and to say, wow, God, thank you, Father. I don't deserve this, but you're good. I'm going to live in this moment. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to put on white. I'm going to put oil on my head. So for some of you, it's going to mean to reject, reject prolonged sadness or, or, or prolonged grief. It, for some of you, it's going to mean a different thing. For some of you, it's going to mean that you need to redefine how you approach your work. Redefine it. And especially what it means to be joyful, to do your work with a full heart and with all your might, as Solomon says. And this is, this, this, look, Solomon's not saying this. He's not saying you're, you should wake up in the morning and be absolutely giddy. Like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to work this morning. This is the best day of my life. And to be this like eternal optimist. He's not saying that. But what he is saying is that when we get to work, that we're fully engaged in it. Like, we're, we're not like, when's this over? 
watching the clock, but that we would be somehow fully engaged in our life to such an extent, such an extent that all of a sudden it's lunch. What happened? And then you take your lunch break and you slow down because Solomon wants you to slow down on your lunch break. And then you're fully engaged again. Then all of a sudden, like, what happened? The day's over. This is doing life and work with all your might and with full engagement. The, the joyful work life is, is a fully engaged work life. That, that's what it's saying. In fact, earlier in another Carpe Diem passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, is he says this, this is actually one of the blessings of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. I, sometimes I say this to our vicars, like going into the ministry is the best thing because life just flies by. I'm serious. Like you're like, you get done with the work, work oh, a week and you're like, what happened? And then you get done with the month. You're like, what happened to that month? It's because you're just so fully engaged in it. This is one of God's blessings. So some of you need to redefine your work life and what it means to be joyful. And finally, here's my last one. And I think this applies to all of us, actually. One of our cultural sins right now, and we might say personal, is envy. We look at what's on the plate in front of us and we say, eh. We look at what's in our cups, don't want it. We look at the person lying next to us on the bed. I could take him or her lever for the gospel lesson. They're like, they'd rather leave her. And we look at what our neighbor has and say, I want their wealth. I want what God's given them. I want their spouse. This is, this is you know, this is envy. Solomon says in Proverbs that envy rots the bones. Probably a lot of us knows that from experience. So you know what Solomon's saying here? Like with tidal wave kind of force? He's saying, move into contentment. Get super convicted that God is good. And isn't he good? Even when we don't deserve to be forgiven, we're forgiven fully and freely in Jesus Christ. Even, even when we've been ungrateful in and in a grumbling lot, he, he, I, I forgive you and I still give you blessing after blessing after blessing. Get super convicted that God is good and the things that are in front of you and the people that are around you are God's gift to you and just be content with it. Thank you, Father, for being who you are. Thank you for this food. Thank you for these people. And say to yourself, amen. Leave, leave envy behind. Move into contentment, to full engagement, to an enjoyment. Slow down if you need to. I mean, this is, this is what Solomon is recommending. If we, we could just back up for a second, is this. It's simply this. Simplify. What he's saying to do here, anybody can do it. 
and you, you don't need anything else to do it. You don't. It's just to say at, at mealtimes to be thankful, slow down. At the end of the day, say, thank you for, 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 for that busy day. It, it passed by really fast. Thank you for that. To, to say, to give glory to God and then, and then to go home and say, I still got heaven on top of all of this. I still got glory waiting for me. This is Solomon's Carpe Diem. Amen.